At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Run Line, VSIN's premier baseball betting show. With Adam Burke, here's Ben Wilson. Welcome back in from downtown Las Vegas. It's hour number two of the Run Line. Alongside Adam Burke, give him a follow at Skating Tripods. I'm Ben Wilson. Jason Kahn, our producer behind the glass. We've got a lot more fun, Adam, to get to. Although there's some topics I know that just, just annoy you to the bone. That we have not yet covered in our number one. Some headlines we did not get to, but we'll have more. Speaking of, we're going streaking, which is how we opened the show. Not us literally, but some of these teams, particularly the Phillies and the Braves, winning a combined 20 games with only one loss this week. We'll talk about another team who's on the opposite end of that spectrum. But the other big storyline, Adam, throughout this last week of baseball was, and it seems like we had this every week, but we had as egregious of a couple of managerial displays as we have had all season. And because this is, as Brent Musburger just said, Decent's premier baseball betting show. We will be doing a disservice to not bring it up right here, right now. Tony Larusa, and to set the stage here, Tony Larusa, in in the game uh, to start this weekend series uh, on it was what was that Thursday or Friday, Adam? One of the, it all it all blends together all for me. Runs together. It was but Thursday. Thursday, yes, that's right. Get getaway day there. Final game of a series. Uh, White Sox taking on the Dodgers in a spot where he had a runner on first with two outs. <laughs> Basically, has his pitcher. Throw a wild pitch, moves the runner up to second, and he decides I would rather intentionally uh, walk Trey Turner. Again, one, so one-two count, two outs, runner on second base, decides to walk intentionally Trey Turner in a one-two count to bring up Max Muncy to the plate. You can probably guess what happened next. Max Muncy took his pitcher deep, three-run home run. Dodgers would go on to win the game. And, uh, yeah, Tony Lusa after the game basically – Basically said, yeah, I do it all over again. And it was this, the, the numbers said I was totally in my right to make that decision. To which, Adam, you would say what? Well, first of all, I would say the numbers were not right to make that <laughs> yeah. decision. Second, I would say the because I said so thing and treating reporters like children, probably not going to go over super well in Chicago. And the reality of it is, I mean, Tony La Russa shouldn't even be the manager of this team. First of all, he was a bad hire for the composition of that roster when he was hired. A lot of young guys, brash guys, guys that play the game a much different way than what Tony La Russa is used to. He's a fossil. He's a dinosaur. He's not the right fit for this White Sox team, but him and Jerry Reinsdorf are very close, and that's you know kind of what you get. But no, nothing set. You know, he brings up Muncie against a lefty. Well, first of all, Max Muncie has been better against lefties for his career than he has against righties. So Larusa citing small sample sizes when you've got a mountain of data available shows 
not only being out of touch, but to double down and say it wasn't even a hard call just blows my mind. I mean, you talk about trying to hit with two strikes, and Trey Turner is a phenomenal hitter. He's a great hitter. In his career with two strikes going into that situation, going into that game, 222 average, 282 on base, 330 slugging percentage. This season, his numbers are right around there. So it's not like he's having some outlier year with two right. strikes or anything like that. I, I I will never understand going from a two-strike count on a hitter to letting a hitter start over with a fresh count. He got exactly what that was the most that was the ultimate ball don't lie example in Major League Baseball. He got exactly what he deserved. They deserved to lose the game. He deserves to lose his job. Not only because of that, but he used Liam Hendricks six times in eight days in early May. He's just he's reckless. He's not a good manager and not a good manager for this team. And it's something, too, watching this all play out Thursday afternoon when it did, and the White Sox blew a lead in that game, lose to the Dodgers, find themselves now third place in an ex- – you could argue the worst division in baseball, an incredibly oh, you, mediocre you, it's not even Central, an argument. and it's okay. I was trying to be nice to you and your guardians, but you, oh, are, okay. you are being, I think, very fair with that assessment. You're, this is a team where we kept talking about it from the time the season started, minus 190 to minus 200 preseason favorites to win that division – We've been very adamant about there is going to be a buy point on the Chicago White Sox. I thought of you watching that all take place, Adam, because when you watch a guy who holds so many different pieces of the puzzle in his hands for a guy who makes decisions every single day, it is really, really hard, even when all the advanced stats and all of the overall personnel advantages of the White Sox have, even with all that, when you have a manager in Tony Larusa who is so disconnected to the current game in 2022 – so disconnected to his own team, when you talk about the, the, t- the type, of, type of makeup of his team, it is really hard for me to get behind a wager like that, even though I would still say the numbers remain in support of what we've been talking about now for several weeks on this show, and you can still get the White Sox at a plus 105, plus 110 price to win the AL Central, and yet day by day, this decision certainly notwithstanding, but playing a big factor, I find myself less and less enthused about putting my money behind that sort of decision-making that you see on a day-to-day basis. I, I can't disagree with anything that you said. And, and look, the reality of it is, I mean, we've seen three really big managerial blunders, I think, over the last week. Two of them directly impacted me because I had wagers on the games. But, you know, look, okay, so you have this error that Dylan Cease winds up giving up, what, six unearned runs in the fifth inning of that game. So you're down 6-4. You get a run back in the bottom half, right? So you've kind of... And I'm, I'm not a big believer in the momentum thing and all that, but you've kind of stopped the bleeding, so to speak, right? You get a run back, you make it a 6-5 game, and then you bring out Bennett Souza in a one-run game in the middle innings, and he gets himself into trouble. You get yourself into this situation, and then all of a sudden, you know, you wind up going lefty-lefty with Max Muncy, and it doesn't work out for you. That was another error that isn't being talked about was the deployment of his relievers. Like, to me, that's a crossroads in that game, trailing 6-5. to five. You've got to go with somebody you can trust, whether that's bringing Matt Foster back out or you know, whatever the case may be. You, you do something differently here. And, you know, it's just it, it was a mistake from LaRusso all the way around. We had one in the Cardinals-Rays game where the, the Rays lost on a walk-off three-run homer by Taylor Wells, who was hitting 147 at the time. Mm. I was, of course, on the Cardinals in that game. Of course. Okay. And... Genesis Cabrera and Giovanni Gallegos, both, or no, Ryan Helsley, excuse me, and Giovanni Gallegos, both threw like 10 or 12 pitches or something like that, only through one inning. 
This notion that like a reliever's arm is going to fall off after he pitches one inning is astonishing to me. So what happens? The game goes to extra innings. You get a two-to-one lead. Obviously, you have the ghost runner on second. And you wind up going to Drew Verhagen, who's probably your fourth or fifth best reliever. So because you could only use your two best relievers to throw 10 pitches, you bring out your fourth or fifth best guy, and exactly what you deserve to have happen happens. Brandon Hyde, in the game the other day between the Orioles and the Royals, the Orioles scored three runs in the fourth inning to get back, tie the game. He brings Jordan Lyles back out to face the lineup for the third time. Walk, two-run homer, all of a sudden you're trailing 6-4 after you just got back into the game. Now, I get it. I'm not in the clubhouse. I, I don't have a feel for you know the, the roster. I don't have a feel for you know kind of the emotional makeup of the team, all of that. But you've got to make smart, sound baseball decisions and let these guys figure it out. They're professionals. They'll get over it. They'll understand it. You have to make decisions that put your team in a position to win, and too many times managers don't do that despite having – more data than even you and I have here doing this show. Especially, yes. That's the, I think that's the biggest takeaway. It is 2022. It's, it is time to stop being such idiots about in-game managerial decisions. But yet, yep. and just like we talk about where defensive metrics are a little bit harder to quantify than the raw offensive and pitching numbers, but you still have to factor it into your handicaps, you still kind of have to factor in these managerial decisions, even though it is very, very hard to do so, much harder than in basketball or in football on a, on a night-to-night basis. So... With that all being said, I know it's been a somewhat of a slump for you on the with on the picks aspect of it, Adam. But we talk about this. It's a 162 game season. The old saying, handicapping baseball and sweating baseball. It, it, you gotta you gotta have a revolver and whiskey to do it. What is your advice for? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people, or a lot of people as well, going through the same thing right now. You go through a swoon. It's kind of inevitable based on the variance of these games and the day to day ebbs and flows of betting baseball. How do you try to handle these and and, and try to tackle it when you're into a little rut like this where it just seems like every single freaking time you need a break, you, you get something that goes the other way. Yeah, I mean, look, it's incredibly frustrating. And you know, the, the mental health side of, of betting and handicapping, I think, is, is something that doesn't get enough run. You know, all, all these shows oh, no nowadays yeah. talk, you know, it's all about just giving out picks. It's all about giving out this and giving out that. When the reality of it is, the philosophy of handicapping, the time and the commitments that you make to it And, you know, the the fact that there are a lot of emotions involved, whether that's, you know, in making a bet or in following a bet or something like that, you know, we know of plenty of our friends and and colleagues even that have gone on tilt, you know, they get a bad beat and it kind of runs away from them. The mental side of all of this, I think, is is paramount to me as somebody who's been a big proponent of mental health, as somebody who's been treated for mental health things in the past. It's really, really important. And, you know, when you go into a day and you look at the card and you go, how, what am I going to lose today? How am I going to lose this bet today? You know, those things that cloud your judgment, make it difficult to do this, you've got to find a way to overcome those. And, and even after being in this business for the better part of a decade, actually over a decade, I still fall victim to it. And especially when you get some of those things, because the, the worst thing about this is losing. The second worst thing is knowing that you are putting your money, your hard-earned money, it is something that you ultimately have no control over once that game starts. And you have to hope that the players perform and the managers make the right decisions. And when those two things don't happen, it can have a snowball effect. So it's about, you know, kind of keeping things in perspective, stepping away if you need to, taking a day off. You're just doing things that keep you from kind of getting buried by all of this. Mm-hmm. Because especially with a 162 game grind over 188 days in Major League Baseball, 
you're going to have ups and downs. I can't. I cannot echo that sentiment enough. And it's. I think it's a point worth making as we sit here on June the twelfth. Where a lot of. I mean, and you kind of hear all all this. Basically, every- at Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Season, it's the whole dog days of summer. People get burnt out for betting baseball. Once you have two to three bad beats for a lot of people, that becomes a tipping point. It's like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And it's a good conversation to have because there, there are spots where you get rewarded by doing the work and trusting your own process. It's just the variance is not always going to be on your side, and there will be runs like the runs you're having right now. So it's, it's a very good way of explaining it. And I'm sure there's other people out there watching or listening who have gone through the same things who can use your, use your advice, I hope, soundly for their own approach. I hope so. It's high variance. Sport. I know you're trying to listen to yourself. It's hard to even listen to your own mind at times when you know what's going on. All right, we get back to it. We talk real or fake on the other side as we roll on right here. You found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. The MLB season is in full swing. You can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday leadoff challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to $10,000 in prizes. Visit DraftKings.com slash Peacock for more info. Don't just watch your shows. Peacock them. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Back with Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson. We're getting into the late innings now. Sunday Night Baseball. Haven't updated that in a while, so we'll... I get you all caught up. It is 2-1 Mets. Mets have won the first five. First five has stayed under as well. And a game that closed nine with juice to the over. But odds makers and the market was certainly wrong on this one, Adam, with both Taiwan Walker and Patrick Sandoval, each with very solid outings. Sandoval now out after six innings of work into the bullpen. It's uh, Shane Loop. And we've got uh, Francisco Lindor is up right now. Runner on second, one out, top of the seventh. You see the live odds courtesy of DraftKings at the moment. And all things considered, another Really, really good outing from Taiwan Walker in a spot where the Mets needed him. And on the flip side, at least for Patrick Sandoval, he kept the, the Angels right in this game as Lindor flies out to left field. So now a battle of the bullpens as we go down the stretch. Yeah, and uh, the Angels' bullpen's been really bad for a sustained period of time. That's a big reason why they had that 14-game losing streak that ultimately got Joe Madden fired. Uh, but in this game tonight, Patrick Sandoval, 20 swings and misses. Taiwan hmm. Walker, 18. So 38 combined whiffs from the starting pitchers here. Walker actually struck out 10 uh, in this game over just 97 pitches. So extremely efficient outing for him. Good outing for Sandoval as well, although looking a little bit late in this outing here, velocity down a little bit, spin rate on his slider down a little bit. So 
that's a little bit of a concern for me, but obviously didn't show too much of it uh, with the 20 swings and misses in this one. Aaron Loop, former Mets, who was had one of the more ridiculous uh, variant seasons last year, 6-0 and with a .95 ERA. He, he gets the second out and now comes out. So the Got Angels, him paid, too. Uh, I, yeah. they, like, two years, $16 million or $18 million, something like that. Two years, $17 million. Pretty good money for, for a, uh, for a matchup a, lefty. Just a random situational 34-year-old lefty, I would say. So So that is the situation right now uh, with our game. Parents, teach your kids to throw left-handed. Uh, look, my dad was convinced. Like I, he, I mean, I could throw like low 70s maybe, and I'm in high school. He's like, I don't, I don't care that you can only throw 72. You're going to make it as a major league left situational lefty one day. Just look at Jamie Moyer. Just look at RJ Swindle. He was a Brewer situational lefty when uh, – when I'm I glad coming. you clarified. I, I don't think know, anybody else knows you, who R.J. Swindle I will say. Is. How about I love, Brian Schaus? You remember Brian Schaus. Yes, yeah. You could have been a Brian Schaus clone? Is that what you're saying? I wasn't the sidewinder, but oh. I watched Brian Schaus pitch well, in person, that, and I was like, how does this guy get paid to pitch baseball? If, if you'd have thrown sidearm at 72, it might have been a little different for you. I just mentioned R.J. Swindle because he threw a 54-mile-an-hour breaking ball. And he was a brewer Frank, situation. Did you see the reliever. knuckleball that Frank Schwindel threw today? I, that was impressive. <laughs> Schwindel for... For the Cubs, 35 miles per hour, and it got <laughs> jacked by uh, well, Higashioka. When, when a teammate of yours gives up six solo homers in a game, that, that becomes storyline B, yeah. not storyline A. Uh, Yankees, Yankees, by the way, we're 60 games into the season, Adam. I don't know why this wasn't even our lead story, but it's almost become repetitive now. They've won 44 of their first 60 games. Yeah, That's 44 and 16. And they still are, I mean, it's taken a while even in the in the. You know, overall futures markets, likely because of how much liability there's been on the Dodgers. Yankees are still not even favored to win the World Series, and we just listed all the red flags the Dodgers have. And yet the Yankees are still 5-1 to one to win the World Series behind L.A., at least at uh, DraftKings, and I would assume at most other shops. And the thing of it is, too, I mean, Luis Severino looks pretty good for a guy that effectively missed two years. Garrett Cole, I know he had the rough start against the Twins the other day, and people were skewering him on Twitter for it, but he was really good for about nine or ten starts prior to that. Jordan Montgomery has been great. Obviously, Nestor Cortez has been good, except for the little hiccup that he had earlier on in the week against the Twins. Uh, the starting staff is good. The bullpen's really good. And the lineup is doing what it has to do. I mean, the nice thing is when your pitching's really good, you don't have to ask the lineup to do a whole lot. Of course, they you know, lead the American League in runs scored, so I guess they're doing more than enough. But you know, this was a team coming into the season that so many people were low on because of what they didn't do while ignoring what they still had. And what they still have has been point. really good. I will be at Yankee Stadium in August for a okay. for a Royals Yankees matinee in which Yankees minus four dollars probably. <laughs> I was gonna say, Can't even bet the game. Did we get <laughs> we get Yankees minus four dollars? Uh, that's gonna be a doozy. Uh, I am sure. All right, let's get to real or fake. One of our favorite recurring segments on this show, where we talk about usually pitchers, not always, but for the most part, pitchers. And we're trying to figure out, are we buyers or are we sellers? Does Adam Burke believe these pitchers are real or are they fake? And we're going to start with one Paul Blackburn today, Adam, a guy who's had a very uh, interesting season so far. He's had some really, really good outings. Numbers are very solid. Uh, What is your take on one Paul Blackburn? So, look, you know, when you get a guy like Paul Blackburn, who from 2017 to 2021, only 27 starts and only threw 138 innings. So he is a guy that's had a very extensive injury history. And I think that's really interesting when you talk about a guy who's only 28 years old and we didn't really get to see what he was capable of at the big league level because he just wasn't healthy. So in that span, while dealing with a lot of health in, or health issues, 574 ERA, 470 FIP, 
a strikeout percentage under 13%, which is anemic. It's very, very bad. But then this season, you look at him, 12 starts, 66 and a third innings pitch, which, by the way, already a career high for him. His previous career high was 58 and two-thirds at the MLB level. But 231 ERA, 312 FIP, 18% strikeout rate, throwing a lot of curveballs, a whole lot of curveballs. And guys just aren't squaring it up. They're not barreling it at all whatsoever. He's got one of the lowest qualified barreled rates in Major League Baseball. When you, when you consider where he pitches his home games and you consider how he stays off the barrel, there's some sort of staying power to this. Now, of course, the question becomes, the A's traded off everything they could prior to the season. Okay, isn't this kind Do of they the whole, keep him around? The whole reason you, I was thinking, isn't this the reason you brought him up? Pitches right. for the A's, who are now 21-41, yep. and 41, losing nine of their last ten. You got to think, we've talked all year about how Frankie Montas, any, any day now, is going to mm-hmm. be traded. You would have to think... That the A's were not expecting this when the season started, but you would you would you would presume he would be on the move. And the question becomes: I don't know that you're really betting him at all right now, but it's more: do you do you trust him when he goes to a different location? If that is the case, right? And of course, it matters the landing spot, right? So he's got a strikeout percentage under eighteen percent. If he went to the Giants or the Phillies or somebody like that, that would concern me, right? If you go to a really bad defensive team, not that the A's are great defensively or anything like that, but they're also in a very favorable park. You know, a guy like him, let's say he all of a sudden winds up, you know, pitching in the AL East or something like that, that really changes his projection. So I think for now, it's real. But if he does end up being a guy that they move and try to capitalize on his value where he's finally healthy and having a career year, it's really going to be all about fit at that point. Remember when we were talking about the you know, the Reds just being among the all-time worst MLB teams? Uh, well, now not only is there, are they not the worst team in the NL, uh, but... Two teams now have worse winning percentages than the Cincinnati Reds. It's now the Kansas City Royals uh, plus the Oakland A's. I guess both of those teams are, are in the AL. But they are the, there have been a couple teams now very much threatening. The Nationals were right had the same exact, if not uh, on percentage points, lower percentage until they took two of three from the Brewers this weekend. So A's are all of a sudden now worse. I think are under 69.5. That is going good. to cash. I think it's a, that's a nice bet. I think it's a, it's a very nice ticket to be hanging on to right now. I don't know about the Brewers' divisional ticket I'm hanging on to. We'll talk about them in the next segment as we, we circle back to the we're going streaking. It's the, the negative side of the we're going streaking because the Brewers have been uh, horrific this week. We'll talk about that in our next segment. But first, we have one more player to get to on Real or Fake this week, and that is a guy going in uh, for Atlanta who has been a very big cog in that rotation, one Charlie Morton. Yeah, so, you know, Charlie Morton – he went to Houston, and they really rectified his career. They added velocity. They added spin. They really helped him you know, kind of optimize his pitch arsenal at the age of 33. And he was another guy that a lot of health issues, you know, a lot of seasons that weren't full, pitching half a season, stuff like that. From 2018 to 2021, in 105 starts, Morton had a 328 ERA with a 319 FIP, a 29% strikeout percentage, which is outstanding. That's an elite kind of number. But this season for Charlie Morton, and he is 38, and he has contemplated retirement a couple of different times already. This season, in 12 starts, 567 ERA with a 506 expected ERA, 458 FIP for him. He's still striking out over a batter per inning, but the command has seemingly disappeared. And this is a guy where you know the velocity is, is largely still there. The high spin rate on his curveball is still there. The command is what's not there. And that's something that's really hard to fix. You can change grips. You can generate more spin. You can do a lot of different things. 
But if you're not throwing quality pitches and throwing quality strikes, that's a really hard thing to kind of come back from. So for Morton this year, not getting the swings and misses, 22% strikeout rate. The walk rate is up over 10%, or at least it was going into his last start. Now it's at 9.6%. There's something wrong here, and I think it's here to stay. Maybe it's just age kind of showing itself or something like that, but the command profile for Charlie Morton right now is, is just not good at all. He's averaging more than a home run per nine innings for the first time in his career since 2010. I was going to say, too, for a guy who's part of this Atlanta resurgence, first time he's had a near 10% walk rate over a full season since that 2010 campaign with Pittsburgh. Now, 333 BAPIP, but as you point out, when the command's not there and you're giving up a lot of hard contact and you're not getting many swings and misses, sure, that will come down, but uh, how much really will it be? In reality, that's the big question. So, you're saying fake. I, I, I Well, I think his struggles are real. I'll, I'll say the that. The struggles are real. Okay. Struggles are you, real. You, you're too kind to really call Charlie Morton fake, but the struggles are real. Okay, on the other side, we're going streaking. Part number two, next here on The Run Line. You found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 plus only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details, drink responsibly. Two more segments for us here on the run line with Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson. We're getting into the late stages now from Anaheim 3-1. At Old Angel Bullpen, it's not exactly gotten better overnight, uh, Adam Burke. Another run given up. Archie Bradley gives up the inherited run, and it's now 3-1. Insurance run here for the Mets going back to the bottom of the seventh, in which they are uh, big, big favorites. Taiwan Walker now out of the game, and uh, the Mets uh, bullpen here will... Uh, or actually, that might be a replay from last night. We'll see what the Mets bullpen uh, has to do once they come into this game tonight. But 3-1 lead, bottom of the seventh, and they just tacked on one more run. Yeah, and look, that's an important factor. You know, when you talk about handicapping full games, you've got to handicap the bullpens. You have to look at who's available, who's not. You know, the Yankees got very fortunate today to win that game in blowout fashion because their bullpen was up against it a little bit. And, you know, that those are things that can happen, and you can find some opportunities there. If you think the two starters can kind of cancel each other out and it becomes a battle of the bullpens, if you've got a rested bullpen or a bullpen advantage, something like that, you know, a game may become – you know, laying minus 115 on a bullpen that's better than the other one, you know, something like that to where you can find some good opportunities, I think, especially if a starter doesn't get shelled. Mm-hmm. As long as he keeps his team in the game, which was my thought process in that Orioles-Royals game with Lyles and uh, Chris Bubik, who got the start for Kansas City, that was I, I was just like, Lyles just has to get me out of here tied, down by a run, something like that. I'll take my chances with the Baltimore bullpen and – I would have gotten my wish if Brandon Hyde knew what he was doing. And it's unfortunate. We're sorry. We know you're still bitter. It's okay. I am bitter. Uh, Taiwan I'm, Walker I'm is very in, bitter. He I, is, in fact, out of this game, even though, again, we don't have sound on in the studio here with the TVs. They were showing a replay from last night. But they have pulled Walker. What a start. Six innings, 10 Ks, scatters six hits, gives up one run, and only gave up two hits after the first inning. He was knocked around pretty hard in the first, able to settle down over 97 pitches. Seth Lugo now gets the ball, and the top four Met relievers are all on at least one day's rest, Adam. So you have to like the spot they are in. No real reason to get involved in-game right now, especially considering you really like one bullpen and you really don't like one of the others. So uh, total I'm seeing now down to five and a half little juice to the over as we sit 3-1 uh, bottom of the seventh. So Lugo into the game. There's the rest 
of your odds, courtesy of DraftKings. Uh, we, we still have some topics to discuss, though, before we get out of here. We'll be breaking down all of the Monday games on the card tomorrow. Uh, one of the games you were talking about earlier does have a line that was just posted. We had the discussion on the San Francisco Giants and how their bullpen, I've been mean, talking uh, about bullpens who have been completely run into the ground over the weekend, might be an interesting spot to fade them tomorrow night at home coming off of the sweep against the Dodgers. But they're not laying that big of a price, at least as big of a price as we would have thought against the awful Kansas City Royals. Only a dollar sixty-seven favorites tomorrow, Adam, at home for Alex Wood. That's the only number that's been posted behind us here at Circa. Uh, Brady Singer getting plus one fifty-two on the other side. Yeah, and, and Alex Wood is a guy four twenty-three ERA, three twenty-five FIP, as I talked about earlier. So my thought would be that this line goes up. So if you like Kansas City, and I think I do lean that way, and I'm going to yeah. dig into this game some more, I'd wait this one out because first of all, I think other places that. You know, maybe aren't as sharp as Circa behind us. I think other places may open this 175, 180, something like that. And it, there's a good chance it could get bet up as well. I mean, the Giants, recency bias coming off of a sweep against the Dodgers. Public team. Wood with that, you know, f- almost full run gap between his ERA and FIP. That line probably goes up. So if you like Kansas City, I, I would wait on it. If you like the Giants, I, I would probably fire away as quick as possible. Okay, and we will talk more games on the Monday card. Big development for the White Sox as they'll get Lance Lynn back into the fold. He is going to start tomorrow, so we'll discuss all that in our final segment of the show. Uh, we, we do circle back, though. We talked about the teams at the top of the show who have had these incredible weeks, big streaks in the NL East for the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves, but there's also teams on the other end of the spectrum. And one of those teams is the Milwaukee Brewers. We've seen a fascinating shift now in the NL Central odds markets where just about 10 days ago, the Brewers were an insane near 4 or $5 favorite to win the NL Central over the St. Louis Cardinals. And that was despite only having a three-and-a-half, four-game lead. It's not like the Brewers have ever opened up a huge margin, but Milwaukee comes out. They lose eight straight games with their two of their top three starters on the shelf, Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff. Finally snapped the streak today, I will admit, Adam. As a Brewer fan, I, I put the we're going streaking segment together just to guarantee the Milwaukee Brewers would get a win and snap the streak. Uh, but the Brewers get a win today, yet that has not solved a lot of their issues because Brandon Woodruff, while he remains on the I.L. with an ankle sprain, it comes out the other day, Adam, that he is suffering from Raynaud's syndrome. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm not a doctor. Don't pretend to be. But it's apparently a syndrome, a condition that limits blood flow to the index, middle, and ring fingers, at least in the case of Brandon Woodruff, on his right hand, causing numbness, which the last time I checked for a Major League Baseball pitcher, not exactly ideal. And now we have no idea of his timeline. And this was a guy who had already struggled to begin 2022, but the Brewers were desperate to get at least one of he or Freddie Peralta back as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's, it's not a good thing for Brandon Woodruff, certainly, because there's no timetable for this. Nobody really knows how long this is actually going to go on. Along with Freddie Peralta, a guy, you know, you talk about the big innings increase going from the COVID shortened season to 2021 on to 2022. You don't know how long that's going to last for him. And all of a sudden, and I don't really know where this came from, and his numbers still look pretty good overall, but all of a sudden, Corbin Burns has a little bit of a home run issue here. You know, and he's still running a 248 ERA, 307 expected ERA, great strikeout to walk ratio. But last year, in 167 innings, he gave up seven home runs. This year in 72 and two-thirds, he's given up nine home runs. So all of a sudden, this home run issue has kind of crept back in for him. And it's fine. He doesn't allow a lot of base runners, so it's probably not that big of a deal. But we'll see games like we saw in the, the near no-hitter for Joe Musgrove where Burns gave up a three-run homer. You know, If he gives up solo shots, it doesn't really matter. If you give up a three-run homer, 
that's an altogether different beast, especially for a Milwaukee offense that has not been good for quite a while now. No, no, no. They started out very, very good when they got off to that hot start. They've regressed to the mean significantly here of late. And in fact, since that, you know, I, I call it an arbitrary cutoff point, but it's probably not, where offense flipped in the middle of May. We're talking about a Brewers team that's 23rd in weighted on base average at 300, WRC plus of 90, so 10% below the league average. This has not been a good offensive team here of late, and they've got some pitching, some pitching injuries right Especially now. Especially when the, seemingly the rest of the league now is figuring out how to hit. And the last 14 days, 216 team batting average, tied for 26. WRC Plus has been even a notch lower than that, 87 over the last just two weeks specifically. So, And you look at Burns, who has already allowed more home runs this year than he did all of last season in his Cy Young uh, candidate year, and he's allowed half, uh, half of the walks after having that a historically great start to the year command-wise, 17 walks so far. Again, in, in 17 and 72 and two-thirds, it's not exactly a yeah. – it's still a pretty minuscule rock rate, walk rate. It's just by his standards, certainly has allowed more. And when you look at the odds now, this is a case where the Brewers went from a $4 favorite 10 days ago with a three-and-a-half game lead against the Cardinals. St. Louis has now taken the division lead. for the. It's the first time since April 22nd that St. Louis and a team not named the Milwaukee Brewers has led the NL Central – Brewers still favored. They're down to minus 165, which is basically where they closed things when we started the season. Cardinals you can get right now at DraftKings plus 120. But I know you're, at the same time, while the Brewers have struggled and there are real problems here, you're still not really, Adam, from from what we've discussed in the past, you haven't been a big believer in the Cardinals long-term. And I don't know, has anything changed for you over this latest stretch on them? So I do think Nolan Gorman is an impact player for them. I do think that he really helps out in that lineup, particularly when you're already talking about guys like Paul Goldschmidt, like Nolan Arenado, who are both having really strong seasons. I'm still not a huge believer in the pitching staff, and the bullpen is not deep. The bullpen is actually pretty shallow beyond Ryan Helsley and and Giovanni Gallegos. So if anything happens to one of those two guys, that's a bullpen that I think will have the chance to struggle. Um you know, I, I think that Oliver Marmol has been an upgrade over Mike Schilt and certainly over Mike Matheny. So that's something that's been good for them. I think, you know, they have a better voice in the dugout. And oddly enough, you know, we, we talked about managers. We kind of lamented some of the decisions that they've made. You look at the teams that are doing really good. I think Aaron Boone's a good manager with the Yankees. You know, I obviously, I think Rocco Baldelli is really, really good with the Twins. I'm a big fan of him. Dusty Baker was, you know, he's a very well-respected baseball guy, and he's embraced analytics a lot more, I think, since joining the Astros. You know, Buck Showalter, you get him with the Mets. You know, people kind of talk about that adult in the dugout kind of thing. Marmol's been good. You know, Craig Council, I think, is a very smart guy. As a manager, in-game decision-making, you know, maybe that's something where you kind of waver a little bit on him. But, you know, you'll get all the teams in the West. I think they're all good managers. So, you know, the fact that the Cardinals, I think, have upgraded in the dugout, and we were seeing that play out, does make me think a, a little bit differently about them. I will say this. I wish for their sake... They were getting Milwaukee more without Woodruff and Peralta because, as we've talked about, the Cardinals maul lefties, and against above-average right-handed pitching, they do struggle. And now the Brewers have lost a couple mm-hmm. of their better righties. So it would have been nice for the Cardinals if they were able to get some more games. They do have a four-game set coming up June 20th to the 23rd, but that's it, only four head-to-head meetings. And for a team that has been has really gotten a net zero from Jack Flaherty and Alex Reyes, who seemingly are always injured now at this point, Still no timeline for those guys coming back. And then Jordan Hitz and Steven Matz each on the 15-day IL. You That is the question you wonder about. Like There is a pathway where the pieces all come together and you have this new fi- super fiery manager in Marmol who's not afraid to get himself tossed and rile up his team. There's a pathway for the Cardinals. It's just, will it all t- come together? That is the big question. And I'm not, I'm not super convinced. It's like you are not either. 
Well, four games coming up with the Pirates, so the Cardinals I are in good shape this week. They're good in good shape there. Brewers go to the Mets uh, this week, which will be a big test for them. All right, as we close the show up next, a rundown of all the biggest games on the Monday card when we return. found VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months will continue to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including the guy sitting right next to me, Adam Burke, his daily MLB best bets, Jonathan Von Tobel, Continues his best bets through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice now that we're getting into the Stanley Cup Finals this week. We'll have a lot more NFL offseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering the golf, the UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features the daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash Summer. I'm getting ready, uh, Adam. I, I'll be on a numbers game tomorrow morning talking college baseball. We're down to our final uh, 11 teams. Road to Omaha. It's almost there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare we're six and oh in college six, baseball aren't you? very lucky very lucky start you've been betting any college baseball no. so they say you need a whiskey and a revolver to sweat major league baseball I would say you need a bazooka and uh, some moonshine, ideally at least 120 proof, if you want to sweat college baseball. I mean, it is Spe- Speaking as a man who drank moonshine last week, I, just I had, believe you. I, I, lovely moonshine tasting in Nashville. While Love you Nashville. And, while what you a and town. Josh Towers were holding down the fort. What a town. So, I hope you didn't miss me too much. I did. All right. But I understood. You were on assignment. I was on assignment testing all the different moonshines that were on offer in the lovely city of Nashville. We do have a lot more baseball to talk about tomorrow. It's not just college baseball. I will try to keep, my, I'll try to keep this ridiculous streak going uh, tomorrow, talking on a numbers game with uh, Gil Alexander. But we do have a, a big card tomorrow, and I would say the headliner is the return we've been waiting for. We talk all the dysfunction, Adam, going on with the White Sox, the issues with the manager and Tony La Russa, his bizarre in-game decision-making coming to a peak on Thursday with his decision to intentionally walk Trey Turner with a 1-2 count even though first base was open and then promptly giving up a three-run homer to his next batter that he faced, Max Muncy. But he does at least get back a big piece tomorrow. That's Lance Lynn, who was expected to be activated on Tuesday originally, but we have just seen the odds boards populate here, and it is going to be Lynn who's slotted in as a starter tomorrow in Detroit against the very disappointing Detroit Tigers. 
Only two shops I'm seeing, Adam, have a number on this game. DraftKings, minus 125, and Circa behind us, 141. Uh, what can you possibly expect out of Lynn here? And is there any, any angle you can really look at to bet this game tomorrow? Well, I think it's a really interesting question. I mean, first of all, it's basically another minor league rehab assignment facing the Detroit Tigers offense. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much. at least it's you know a nice kind of way to ease back into the major leagues. With that being said, Lance Lynn in 10 innings across three rehab starts in the minors, gave up 10 runs on 15 hits, gave up seven runs on nine hits in three innings in his last start against Cincinnati's AAA team. I believe that's the Louisville Bats. That is, I wrong. believe that is correct. Uh, yeah. Not great to give up seven runs in your, your final rehab start there. So, you know, I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see how sharp he actually is. He is a guy that, you know, in the past had significant platoon disadvantages against lefties. He's always been really good against righties for the most part, uh, but lefties used to really feast on him. The problem is that the Tigers don't really have a whole lot of potent left, not any potent bats, but they don't have a lot of potent left-handed bats. So we'll see how Lynn matches up here, but obviously his, uh, his last two rehab starts were not stellar. I just can't see a way we'd really, really want I mean, like, if you want to go ahead and bet this game, like, go for it. But this is a classic game where you're just trying to get intel on a pitcher. Right. And there's so little you know about him, even though, sure, it's a cheap price on a team going to Detroit who, as you mentioned, they're, you know, they're basically playing. Not like, good. They might as well be the Nashville sounds right now. Uh, that was that's where I just – I can't also trying – to, trying to be a minor league baseball player and be in the city of Nashville, that was another question. Oh, that'd be trying, tricky. That'd another be question I was trying to answer for myself as I was doing on-the-ground reporting. Uh, last weekend for for Vison. Uh that is one interesting matchup tomorrow. The other matchup that catches my eye here, you have this Cubs team that just gets blasted today. 18 runs given up. They have the one pitcher who gives up six solo home runs. They end the day with a Frank Schwindel 35 mile an hour knuckleball that gets uh, hit halfway to Harlem. And you go at so you give up 18 runs to the Yankees. You get walked off the previous day after being a part of a game where you go a combined 0 for 36 with runners in scoring position. You return home now, but you get the Padres, who are coming off an interesting weekend series where they basically do nothing, at least today, against Herman Marquez, only muster up a couple of runs in that game. And it's you, Darvish, who takes the mound. No total in this game, since it is at Wrigley Field, but Padres pretty cheap on the, on the at least the overnight line. I'm seeing it as low as 125 at DraftKings. Yeah, and I think this is a really interesting line, too, because the Padres' offense is actually not all that good, but the better part of their split is against left-handed pitching. And they do get a lefty here in Justin Steele. And Justin Steele has been, I guess we'll say, very Jekyll and Hyde of late, I would say. Although, look, he gave up seven runs in his start against Cincinnati. And anytime you give up seven runs to Cincinnati, that's something that's going to stand out. But that was at Great American Ballpark. And we've talked about this throughout the last several weeks here on the show, that even when the ball was dead, Great American Ballpark was playing as it usually does. It is a phenomenal venue for offense. So for Steele to get knocked around in that start, maybe that gets overblown a little bit. You know, his last two starts, he's pitched fairly effectively, but this is the better split for the Padres. And then you get Yu Darvish on the other side, who, you know, U Darvish is a guy that a lot of people had under the microscope last year. When they did the crackdown on foreign substances, Darvish had significant spin rate drops across the board, but he was also hurt. So it was, was it the injury? Was it the spin rate, the sticky stuff? What was it that made him so ineffective late in the year? He's actually been pretty good this year, except for a couple of starts where he's really struggled. So that price does look a little bit cheap here, mm -hmm. given that it's the better split side for the Padres facing a lefty. 
Uh, and, of course, we'll see what that total looks like based on the weather forecast there at Wrigley. And, yeah, look, Darvish has increased his fastball velocity nearly an entire mile an hour this Ruben, year. Which Ruben is, Niebla. Which is a, a Ruben Niebla. You're a big fan. Mm-hmm. Even though strikeout rate, career low. First time in his career, it's sub at 10 per nine innings. But like a lot of pitchers, they've been able to work around not striking out a ton of guys this season. That's, that's kind of been a theme for a number of these top starters. Uh, so that line is, as I mentioned, anywhere from as low as minus 125. I'm seeing... Uh, MGM has this as high as minus 140 here for uh, Darvish and the Padres. It is a Manoa day. At least I'm going to call it a Manoa day because, you know, I love uh, my, my Alec Manoa. But for the Blue Jays here, it, it appears as though the, like, the books have caught up on this. Alec Manoa has been absolutely tremendous. His Cy Young odds have, have really continued to crash down sub 10 to 1 in a lot of places at this point. And we started to see this last week. He was in Kansas City and was laying a ridiculous number. I just went ahead and bet the Royals team total under, and he shut him out. But it's interesting because it's now the he gets the Orioles, another very good matchup. I'm seeing a $3 favorite pretty much market-wide. You can get as good as minus 135 if you want to lay a run line. How would you be attacking spots like these with a, a guy as elite as Manoa, who, again, R- R- Orioles certainly, while it's a good matchup, they are not quite the same as the Royals, who have just been lying down in a lot of these games. They're still a tricky lineup to navigate at times, certainly, for Baltimore. Yeah, the, the thing for Baltimore is they swing and miss a lot. You know, again, using that May 14th cutoff, their fourth highest in swinging strike percentage at 11.9%. Only the Braves, Tigers, and Rangers higher than them. They chase a lot, too. They're a very aggressive offensive team. They don't walk a whole lot. Not that Manoa walks a whole lot of guys anyway. It, it's why a lot of people have kind of gravitated towards that strikeout prop market. And, and the thing to keep in mind with the strikeout prop market is – you're handicapping something in a vacuum, and that's great, and it makes it relatively easy to do. But at the same time, a lot of these are going to be like, you know, over six and a half, minus 140, minus 150, minus 160. The, the VIG is what ends up being kind of cost prohibitive when you talk about those strikeout prop numbers. But this is a good matchup for Manoa to rack them up. So, you know, that's something that I, I would probably take a look okay. at in the morning as those kind of get posted. The other thing that, to kind of look at here is. You know, I think it's sort of tough to bet any of these games with with the Blue Jays because offensively they have all this promise and this potential, but as we've talked about, they've really struggled in those high-leverage plate appearances with runners in scoring position. That has started to change, and they've scored a lot more runs as a result, and Kyle Bradish hasn't really pitched all that well for Baltimore here. But at the same time, you know, and and you really take an over 8.5 when you've got Manoa on the other side who is very stingy. So... You know, I think games like this for the Blue Jays are very, very challenging to bet one side or the other, or you know, either side of the total. Strikeout prop could be could be a good uh, look. Last strikeout prop I played was Max Freed. It was five and a half, basically even juice. I think I laid one twenty against a Pirate team that is just like okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you or I could have a better chance of hitting Max Freed probably than anybody not named Key Brian Hayes for the Pirates. And I think he had eight strikeouts in six innings, so that that one worked out. Uh, any other games you're looking at for the Monday uh, card, Adam? Well, obviously, you know this this matchup in Philadelphia is pretty good. Between Sandy Alcantara and, and Aaron Nola. And, and Nola's, you know, in that minus 135-ish favorite role. I think this one's pretty interesting because Alcantara is a guy who's really good at home. Extremely good at home. Marlins Park or Lone Depot Park, whatever they call it now. That is a ballpark that definitely suppresses offense. And a lot of the Marlins guys do get bet differently at home than they do on the road. This line's actually moved down a little bit from the opener that was posted where Nola was up in the minus 150 range. To me, I think that was a more accurate line for this game. I think Alcantara is a guy that's pitching over his head a little bit right now. I may end up laying this price with the, the surging Phillies here. Down to minus 135 at DraftKings, lowest number you can get. That fascinating way to start 
the Monday card. Uh, that does it for us on our show, The Run Line. However, you can check all of our show replays at vcin.com slash podcast. And up next, we'll have a guy who knows a thing or two about baseball. Greg Peterson, he is in on The Look Ahead. He'll talk about all these games as well, as well as much more on the other side as we say so long. For Adam Burke, for Jason Conn, our producer, the rest of the team behind the glass, I'm Ben Wilson. Good luck with all of your bets this week on the baseball card. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.